This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome. Welcome back to Talk Back. Hour number two is underway on this Friday, January 26th. Talk Back this morning brought to you by, and I do love saying that, brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Well, they offer both residential and commercial cleaning. No job too big or too small for Phillips. Uh, your satisfaction guaranteed. 406-260-6617. Y West Storage, located out of the Y on Two Smokes Way. If you want to find out if they have a room for you, give them a call. 406-510-0590. Because at Y West, we're making room for you. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it gets, Gomer's has just what you need to make sure your rig starts every morning. Uh, located at Palmer and West Broadway. And by Harrington Surgical Supply, where they feel confident in Harrington Surgical supplies discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, City Talk is going to get underway here in just a moment, but we have a little bit of county talk to take care of, first of all. And uh, our county attorney, Kirsten Pabst, is joining us on the phone. Welcome once again. Good to have you, Kirsten. How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much. Uh, the county attorney's office had a really busy week. We charged 18 new criminal complaints this week. Um, four of those fall into the crimes against persons category. Um, in one, the allegation is the defendant assaulted his stepfather. In another, we charged a woman with assault on a minor. There was a three-year-old child that um, had an injury, and the woman was also charged with um, methamphetamine. Um, We also had two aggravated burglaries, and one, the defendant allegedly entered the um, residence, uh, assaulted a woman, and threatened her with a gun in the presence of a child. Um, In another, after an incident with a security guard at one of our local venues, the defendant allegedly assaulted some employees. In the endangerment category, we had one new felony DUI and two cases involving criminal endangerment. The allegation is that there were two drivers chasing each other all over town um, and then ended up in a shootout in a residential neighborhood. They're both now in jail facing felony charges. Um, In the property crimes category, we charged three burglaries, three thefts, and one criminal mischief. In the drug crimes category, we charged two new cases. Um, In addition to the one I mentioned, there was someone who was charged with possessing um, prescription opioids unlawfully and then the other the allegation was possession of psilocybin mushrooms Um, working our way down the list in the administrative crimes category one of the charges was impersonation of a public servant in that case the allegation is that uh, the defendant had a weapon and claimed to be an undercover federal agent in one of our uh, local drinking venues um, with some kind of conflicting stories about why he was there, um, all revolving around drugs. Um, so that wraps up the week ones we charged. We're also reviewing five new in-custodies from the last 48 hours, and ironically, one of those involves an allegation of impersonation of a public servant as well as a felony DUI and criminal endangerment. So I'm looking forward to um, learning what the facts are in that case as well. So all in all, we had a really busy week. You know, I think we need another good old-fashioned cold snap. Uh, <laughs> maybe just kind of uh, push the bad guys back inside for a while. What do you think? 
Well, you know what? I would personally not be in favor of another cold snap. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's always a pleasure talking with you, ma'am. Thank you, and have a, have a safe weekend. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to come right back. We have City Talk and joining us in the studio, of course, is Ginny Miriam, Communications Director for the City of Missoula. Also, outgoing President of the Missoula City Council, Gwen Jones, and incoming President of the City Council, Amber Sherrill, are both here to talk with you and to take your questions about what's going on in the City of Missoula. That's why it's called City Talk. And so we'd like to be talking with you folks. The phone lines are open at 721-1290. We're coming right back after this. You want the best... Partly sunny skies to end the week, although we could see some patchy fog in a few locations. Highs today will hit 40 degrees. A small disturbance could bring us a few showers Saturday afternoon, but the chance of rain is only about 20%. Fog will also continue to be a problem as these temperatures warm up while we still have some lingering snow on the ground. Mostly cloudy through the weekend with highs all the way up to 45 degrees and lows in the low 30s. We're expecting more sun on Monday. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. I, I wish we had the ruffles and flourishes and the hail to the chief going on here because we have <laughs> we have presidents in the room, ladies and gentlemen. The presidents of the uh, Missoula City Council, anyway. Uh, Jenny Miriam, of course, joining us, the communications director for the city. Gwen Jones has been a, a, a guest on our show, uh, a very good friend of the show. It's good to have you. Happy to be here. You bet. And uh, would you introduce Amber? Because she's never had a chance to be in our studio, as far as I know. This is Amber Sherrill, who is now the current vice pre- or president, I'm sorry, of council. And, and I think she was here years ago. I was. On a show you know? campaigning. Okay. Back in the day. Well, Many good, year, four years ago. Good good to know. Right, well, you know how, how us old people are with our memories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so let, let's talk a little bit about, about the city council. For those who may be new to Missoula, there are 12 city councilors and six wards. And uh, you are also, obviously, not just the president of the council, you're on the council. So tell us about a little bit about Amber Sherrill, your your ward, where it is, and, and your experiences. Thanks. Yeah. And thank you for having us. Um, my ward is... Ward four, which we all say that our ward's the best ward, so I'm going to say <laughs> say that about about okay. mine. We argue about that during candidate forums. Um, I was just reelected to my second term this year. My ward is the very south part of the university area: Lewis and Clark, Paddy Canyon, Farview, and the Southgate Triangle. A little bit of Moose King Gully kind of area. So. Okay. Um, and Amber Sherrill, let's see. So uh, in the past, before I was on city council, I was the interim um, executive director of Five Valleys Land Trust and was uh, stepped into that role in order to pass the open space bond of 2018. And, you know, if we keep going back in my life, I've sure, had yeah. lots of different experience in, mm-hmm. in capacities in business and also uh, in, you know, uh, conservation type of work. So I'm I'm from the Midwest originally, many, many moons ago, it feels like now. Have two daughters that we raised in Missoula and uh, moved here with my husband in 2000. All right. So so let, let's talk a little bit about why Amber Sherrill decided, you know, uh, I need to get, I need to dip my toe into the water of, of city <laughs> government. Is, is this your first elected office? Um, it is my first elected. I thought you were going to ask about being president. Um, uh, it is my first elected office. And when I was done with my tenure at Five Valleys, actually, it was our late mayor, John Ingen, that came to me and said, I really think you should do this. Really? Wow. Um, and uh, asked a couple times. He said, I've realized, especially with uh, with um, women more than men, you have to ask a number of times before they finally say yes. Um 
I, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I, <laughs> and sometimes you know, I, I still I, go, what did I do? I hear that a lot with the, with city councilors and county commissioners, and they think, you know, I want to yeah. serve, I want to do good things, and then, oh my gosh, how many meetings do I have this week? Right. Yeah, yeah, and just meetings, you know, the interesting part was, um, you know, I kind of went, okay, I can do this because I... I trusted my friend John and and Gwen and I had worked together a bit on the open space bond by then and she was a big supporter of me moving forward in this and so did it decided to go ahead and do it what what did shock me stepping on is um how many different areas you were making decisions in and and kind of at first trying to figure out okay what do I need to know about all these areas what do I not need to know about all these areas and who can I use as a resource that knows more than me about a specific topic so once once I kind of got in the cadence of that I thought it went really well at first I have to say I was a little shocked when I stood up there and that wait I'm deciding on this and I'm right. deciding on that and how can I make a good decision so um it's like, it was, like you like you drink drinking through a fire hose it right? was yeah. Yeah. yeah and I actually I think and we'll get to that later Later, but I think that that experience stepping on has really kind of uh, resonated and I think will influence how I act as president because I would like to find ways to get all of us up to up to speed and give us all a better like an easier right. framework to get up to speed on that and so um, you know, after I know Gwen will will talk about her tenure after what I am really hoping was was the uh, most <laughs> for my own preservation was the most <laughs> difficult tenure uh, as city council president, which mm-hmm. Gwen did. Yeah. And um, I will let her speak to that. But I am forever thankful, grateful for her for stepping up the way she did. And um, I'm hoping we have a moment to breathe and yes. like to reflect. And yeah. I, I will say, Gwen, you, you did have a difficult time uh, because you had you, you were the president when, when Mayor Engen uh, became ill and passed away. We had interim mayor. We had uh, so much uh, turmoil and tumult uh, within city government. But you know the the everyday you know uh making the bread goes on you know it it just has to keep on going and uh so you and the rest of the council had to pick up the slack and move on uh, i know that had to be a challenge for you as as president oh yeah it it i think being president is challenging to begin with we have a very large council lots of opinions a busy city with lots going on and then to have mayoring and become ill and then pass and then have an interim it it was a whole other layer but i i always use my dad's phrase uh i've got a lot of gray hair because i've earned every single one of them so <laughs> you're looking at mine too aren't you <laughs> we're both hard workers right, uh, yeah right now, I, I, i'm just old okay but, <laughs> all right so so now if you wouldn't mind uh i know a lot of folks out there don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the city council until they hear something that they disagree with or whatever uh if you you wouldn't mind explaining the role of the president what exactly do you do and either one of you can answer do you want you know i'll start okay um sure. so i was thinking about this the last day or so kind of getting ready for this show and in broad strokes i think the president organizes and collaborates and communicates and um makes sure that things go forward which when you have 12 city councilors who all kind of want to go in a different direction and then a big executive branch that frankly there needs to be some communication with and collaboration um somebody's got a got a lead and doesn't mean that you determine the outcome but you do i think the more work you can do behind the scenes to cue things up to be structured 
and impactful and strategic. That's that's what the president does. But there's all sorts of other things. Um, there's just a lot of administrative things like where does everybody sit around the horseshoe? Mm-hmm. And we have over 20 boards and commissions that the counselors all sit on in various roles. You got to manage that. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. And then Missoula is just a busy place. Uh, also, getting the budget through. That is the president's um, project to lead on, really. So in general, I would say that. But it's yeah. like when you prepare for a radio program, you do your work ahead of time so mm-hmm. that this rolls out logically and clearly. It's it's kind of the same dynamic, I think. And I have, a, I have a fantastic producer, by the way, who... Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> who we, makes it, makes it much easier that. for me. We want yeah. a producer. Uh, yes. Now, I, I, will, I will say that the, 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 pub, the point of the public where most people meet what you folks do is the city council meeting, right? Because it's online now. People can watch via Zoom, all that sort of thing, so they can see what's going on and how the sausage is made, if you would. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm wondering, the Mayor Davis runs that meeting because she's the mayor. She's the chief executive. Mm -hmm. So what role do you have uh, in the actual city council meeting? Yeah, so um, I have the role in in the city council meeting as every other city councilor on the Monday night meetings. Um, If the mayor is, is unable to be present then I would take over the role of running that meeting. Um, I also have the responsibility of running the Committee of the Whole, um, which actually all at this point in time, all the uh, council people are on all the committees, but the Committee of the Whole is a little bit of a catch-all, uh, you know, for, for items that really don't obviously belong in other committees. So I run that committee um, and also the Budget and Finance Committee. So that's kind of my role you know, so you gotta you gotta kind of love numbers a little bit, don't you? Yeah, you got you gotta love numbers. You gotta love process too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think that what what Gwen has has done with kind of the process of how we get how we uh, talk about our amendments to the budget, how we see the budget, was really great last year. I think that was the first year we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hope to continue that. Um, you know, it made it a, to me. We 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 came off a very very a, a three a.m. budget meeting uh, a couple of years back, and lots of amendments being made kind of on the fly and. Um, it just isn't a great decision-making space when you're making really hard decisions for the city and figuring out where taxpayer money is going to be doing that at 3 a.m. I tend to be, I, I tend to go to bed early and get up early, so I'm not making my best decisions then, and I think it really helped. Well, you folks have families, you know, uh, and you have lives, and, uh, and it's difficult to not allow, uh, I'm sure there's got to be a way of, to separate your work from your personal life, but uh, you, I'm sure you get calls at home uh, at, yeah. as, as a city councilor. All of you do. Anyway, we're up against a break, and Jerry is waiting very patiently on the phone. So, Jerry, if you'll hang on, I want to give you plenty of time to ask your question or make your point. Uh, our guests in the studio are Amber Sherrill and Gwen Jones and, of course, uh, Ginny Miriam. This is City Talk. We'll be right back after this. Meet, a quick- Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. 
there's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash PACT to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA. Okay, we are back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. It's City Talk. Joining us here in studio, Amber Sherrill and Gwen Jones, but uh, a former president and current president of the city council. And Jerry has been waiting very patiently through the break. Jerry, good morning. You're on with our guest. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you for taking my call so early in the morning. Um, I, I'm, I'm a resident of Ward 4. I have been since mid-1970s. So I've been there a while. I sat on city council and I wasn't going to call in until I heard that a Ward 4 representative was going to be president of the city council. What an awesome responsibility. Um, I'm the guy that puts up the tax enough already sign every year because I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, stay in my house for a while longer. Uh, I also, my only, I'm on fixed income. I've got one little rental unit that I have to raise uh, payments on every year to just keep up with the expenses. So I want to know what your um, feelings are about taxes and how to keep the taxes lower in Missoula to attract, uh, to keep people in the university district. Thank you, and I'll listen to your response online. Thank you for the call, Jerry, and thank you for your service, by the way. So, uh, okay, Madam President. <laughs> okay, th- thank you. We're going to start with the bi- the big topics. Hi, Jerry. Um, nice to hear from you. And um, we had coffee together. Uh, I don't even know how long ago that was, but nice to hear from you. Um, you know, I, the budget is challenging, uh, and I'm going to be honest. The, the tax structure in this state is challenging. It is challenging for Missoula. It is challenging for Kalispell. It is challenging for Billings. You know, these are not – there are a few, few things that I think that the city councils and some, some of these jurisdictions agree on, and the difficulty of funding municipal government and the incredible burden that the tax system that we have plays on our residents – is is real and so i hear you um there has been a shift in our our tax burden away from corporations and toward individuals on a statewide level well, we have fewer corporations in missoula now well and we and, and there have been tax breaks given right. too right. and talking about large centrally assessed properties that sure. have been given some pretty major tax breaks mm-hmm. and and of all the the money that's being paid into taxes um, it has shifted from, you know, 60 some percent of that being on corporations and centrally assessed properties to now 40 percent. And when you shift that percentage, it's being made up somewhere because we all still have to get 100 percent. Right. right. So um, I think that is a big challenge. I think it is going to be a big challenge and it's going to require some very hard decisions on a local level for um, what we what we fund, what we can't fund. Um, and I, I, I think that at a statewide level that it is becoming such a huge issue for so many different municipalities that they're talking about it. They're talking about it and we hope that we get some help. The lady to your right, uh, uh, you may not remember this and maybe you do. You gave one of the most eloquent, uh, um, uh, uh, explanations of the property tax burden. 
uh, in that you had been in, if, if I, tell me if I get this wrong, uh, you've been living in your house for many years and you kept track of your property taxes and the percentage of the property taxes that year that were paid for by industry as opposed to residential. And you said you watched, you watched this level raise to the point where now uh, the individual, let me get this right, is paying 80% of uh, of the residential are paying 80% of the property taxes as opposed to 20% to corporate. So, which is rough on everybody. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. There's, as Amber referenced, there's been a huge burden shift. And just to give a an, an example, because people are like, well, what does that mean? So our... Every year, the city's costs go up because we have labor agreements and everybody's got to get a cost, an inflationary adjustment, et cetera. And most of our cost is labor in this city for the running a government. So that goes up and we've got to meet those, those bargaining agreements. But what we normally would look to is the new building, the, all of the remodels, all of those properties that are now a little bit higher or new properties. That's going to hopefully fill that gap. Well, this last year, that increase was completely wiped out by a tax break given to Northwestern Energy. So we're at zero. We're starting at zero, and now we've got a big gap to fill. Um, so if that's an example of, I'm not targeting Northwestern Energy, it's, one could also say all of those dollars come from the same pocket, but the label is being put on the city and we're having to then scramble to fill that that gap. So um, it's now, a challenge. Now, I do have a question, and and this may be getting into the weeds, uh, because the Missoula Redevelopment Agency has been doing a lot of work over many years. And I know one of the things that they do is try to get other businesses to come to Missoula to attract uh, is part of that offering tax breaks if if they relocate here, or uh, because if that was that might be a, a possible you know reason why residential uh, property taxes have gone up so much, and and they're not able to offer them tax breaks. Okay. Um, right. you know with the tax increment financing, we are the MRA is able to to incentivize some building, you know, some like uh, a building new new infrastructure in downtown and things in an urban renewal district but they aren't allowed to give them tax breaks and the idea behind MRA of course is economic development right, right? so if we if we uh incentivize uh through some level of tax increment financing if we incentivize a building let's let's say the Merck I mean I'm going to have some old numbers on this but you know the Merck that property was paying in taxes about $10,000 a year at one point before it got redeveloped the year or two after and I'm sure it's much more and maybe Jenny knows this or Gwen knows this but it was over $500,000 in taxes and and that's every every year right so I mean we're incentivizing kind of getting more taxes from those businesses we're not they're not tax breaks okay we're gonna we're gonna take a quick speaking of breaks we're gonna take a break right now the phone lines are open this is city talk and we are thrilled to have with us Amber Sherrill and Gwen Jones outgoing and incoming presidents of the Missoula City Council Jenny Miriam is also here and and uh, your phone calls are welcome. This is your city, and these folks are here to talk to you. So if you have a question or comment, 721-1290 is our number. We'll be right back. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. 
<laughs> oh, we're having a great conversation uh, offline, of course. Uh, <laughs> but all right, now I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, uh, one one thing that. Uh, very rarely comes up when it comes to the city budget or the county budget or whatever it might be, is that uh, uh, we have, I have been told by, by Governor Gene Forte is one that sometimes um, uh, Missoula residents are their own worst enemy because uh, they they have these wonderful projects like the libraries with a twenty five million dollar project the, uh, the the school levies uh, that several years ago was uh, I think uh, eighty six million dollars over twenty five years and you've got Marshall Mountain you've got all these base, uh, things that people voted yes I want to be a part of this but when they don't what they don't think about is that's going to go on your property tax bill every single year for as long as that is a levy and so um i i it's not that I'm saying please don't vote for these things, but we need to understand where some of that money comes from. We have to look in the mirror and say, you know, I asked for that. So I can respond to that if that's okay, Peter, um, because it's a really good question. Um, my property taxes on my property have gone from $1,500 in the year 2000 to about $8,500. And a couple of years ago, I did sit down and pulled out all of those voted upon bonds and levies that you were just referencing. Because mm-hmm. right. I'm like, what portion of that is does that comprise? And it's between five to $600. And the great majority of that is the MCPS school bond that we passed in 2015. That's, that's by far the most significant part. So... If I look at my tax bill of eighty five hundred, and you take five or six hundred off, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. I hear that, but there's still eight thousand dollars there above. It's still a significant increase, and I think that really goes to the burden shift. All right. So where where uh, is that eight thousand dollars going? <laughs> So, and Ginny. <laughs> former, Wait, former, former well, Madam President. <laughs> back to council leadership. Um, no, I, you know, we can, we can do a breakdown and Ginny and Amber can add in, but it, it goes to MCPS, mm-hmm. our public schools, our county government, our local city government, and then there are other taxing entities like Missoula Aging Services, Mountain Line, um, and then voted upon bonds and levies. And what else would you... Oh, and, the, the state mills is a significant and, portion. And I would also just add, I mean, we could talk about this for quite a while, but, you know, when you look at your tax bill, and I love that Gwen has dissected her tax bill and the detail that she has, and I'm going to I'm gonna do that so I can talk about mine specifically. Yes, but, please do. But um, about 33% of your total tax bill goes to, and I, I may have be off by a, a percentage or so, but goes to the schools. So when you get that $8,000 bill, 33% of that about goes to the schools. Around 30% goes to the city. Uh, 20 or sit, goes to the city. About 28% goes to the county. And then there are these other things that, that um, Gwen mentioned. So I think that's really important to to remember it's not all going to the city, which is sometimes what people think and what they, they say when they come in. The other piece I would say about the bonds and the levies, and I appreciate um, Gwen's really detailed response on that, is that when those go onto the ballot, they're outlined by by law and by bond council giving us approval to use this language. They are outlined really specifically like what it is going to cost per one per, per value of your home. So per $100,000 value of your home. So, so, so we're not going into it blind. You're not going into it blind. I think right. that's kind of important. We're not just saying, would, would you like this? And then they're saying yes or no. We're saying this is what it's going to cost if you want this. 
Jenny, did you mm-hmm. want to add to that, or Gwen? No. Uh, I, I, I just, great. I just, I just think that with with the with the uh, if you combine all that with the recent reassessment that none of us had anything to do with, right? I mean, uh, we, we just happen to live in a in a very popular place now, and uh, a lot of people want to come here, and so the values of uh, real estate have gone up, right? And so when, when that happens, and I guess this is probably out of your purview. Uh, but you probably know more about it than I do. Is there any way for any government entity to mitigate that rise in um, in value? Uh, I, 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 that's, isn't that what the lawsuit was all about uh, with the governor that got that got cut down by the uh, Montana Supreme Court uh, recently about about uh, this counties were going to uh, lower the amount of mills they were going to charge customers. Or, or residents to save them some money. Well, it turned out they couldn't do that. Now we have to make it up again. So I, I, I guess it's it's just a really hard time for people right now. I, I would say it's a really hard time. And I, I think that it's in the Mountain West, it's tricky in particular. Um, you know, we are not the only, the only community suffering from this. Um, you know, one thing that I, I think is you know, may may help a little bit. It's not something that we can say, we're going to do this and, you know, set, mm-hmm. set any policy at a local level around that. But, you know, we have seen, um, you know, our, our vacancy rate was, I mean, something really concerning, like 0.5% at some point. Right. Um, we are almost up to 5% in our vacancy rate. So us trying to get some new housing on the ground, um, you know, that, that pushes housing prices and it also is going to push rental uh, the rental prices. So um, I think that is going to help a little bit with that potentially, but it's kind of a longer term strategy. We don't have the ability to... to, right. to cap things well well phone calls are coming in and uh this is city talk so uh, this is where you get a chance to talk to your uh, city councilors specifically our outgoing and incoming uh, city council presidents uh that of course gwen jones and amber Sherrill. and uh we would love to hear from you this morning of course jenny miriam here uh, as communications director for the city of missoula is also with us in the studio and uh, i believe we have mark on the line mark good morning you're on with our guests what's your question please Actually, I have a comment. I just want to say, you know, demographics are hard. It's really hard to uh, get people to vote for you. But I work at a shop downtown, and I just want you guys to know that uh, all the tweakers from all the other states love you guys. They come into my shop all the time. They tell me how wonderful it is that Missoula gives away free beds, free foods, and uh, guys are really mucking up Missoula this way. But, you know, you're getting a demographic after a couple years. They might just vote for you if they stay here long enough. Thank you. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a question there, but yeah. I mean, I will. I will say, um, you know, I, I know that that uh, that the homelessness issue has been really challenging on this community and many communities. Kind of, it's kind, would, of, kind of piling on. Basically, yeah. It, I mean, it's been it's been a it, it has been it is it a it's a problem around the country. This is not. I mean, if you read national um, data on that, it has been it's a real problem around the country. The data we have locally, though, does not show that they're from out of state. The majority of of our homeless population in the city. So. Um, I, I know I have heard that, but, but, but I, I don't, do you guys know the percentages of that? I mean, we have a percentage breakdown of, you know, kind of some, the homeless outreach team, the hot team. 
um, what they they have seen and any tr- I don't know the trend of that. I think it stayed about stable. The percentage of Montana, Missoula, well, at, at, and la- at last count, uh, I believe it was like nine hundred and forty. Uh, what they called houseless uh, households, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, they don't call them individuals. But there's a minimum uh, of about b- b- 945 homeless people that may have others with them. So and and that was a shock to a lot of people that there would be that yeah. many in yeah. Missoula. There there are some numbers. I, it's a hard population to count, first of all. Right. And there's various definitions and. Um, some people are literally out on the street. Others are couch surfing at a friend's. So there's there's different categories. But I can tell you that Missoula is on a par with every other city in Montana. Billings has more homeless than Missoula. So it's a bigger city too. That's true. So that's yeah. when I say on it, like exactly proportionally, we're we're actually about the same amount of homeless as Flathead Valley. Um, so I love Missoula. That's why I live here. Uh, but it's. It's a problem statewide. Missoula is not special in this regard. And in addition to all, all of the everyday duties that you have to do uh, 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 on a city council level, there are these macro things that are, that are above your head that really there's not much you can do about. Yeah, that's true. And I always, when we talk about affordable housing, we do as much as we possibly can. And we try and think outside of the box and be creative and we try and get folks housed. But those are very strong economic forces. With the pandemic, a lot of people moved here, you and that's that's America. You get to move where you want to go, um, so we can't control that, but it's it's a challenge. Phone lines are open. This is City Talk. We have about 18 minutes left. If you if you have a question or a comment for Amber Sherrill, the current president of the council and <coughs> former president uh, Gwen Jones, give us a call. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309, or you can use the KGVO app and use the Message Us button there. We'll be right back. Hi. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Carson Cressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. Hey, welcome back. This is Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. We would love to hear from you this morning because this is your city leadership here in the studio. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, w- with the former president of the city council, Gwen Jones, and uh, the current president, Amber Sherrill, uh, here. And we're getting, hopefully, getting some calls in now because I've, I've asked all the questions I have. <laughs> but uh, that's why we want to depend on our, on our friends uh, out. In, okay. I think Andy's on the line right now. Andy, good morning. You're on Talkback with our guest. What's your question, please? Uh, good morning. Uh, more of a comment. Uh, this homeless situation is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse uh, as long as we keep giving tax breaks to the wealthy at, and uh, shifting the burden to the uh, to the poorer. You know, this is a nationwide crisis. I hear people on this station uh, bemoan the fact that we have homeless people, but you know, most of those homeless people are not homeless of their own uh, desire. 
Uh, sometimes it's bad choices. A lot of times it's happenstance. Um, so anyway, it's not, it's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, and we're going to have more and more climate uh, refugees as well. So uh, we got to figure figure this out, what to do with them, how to house them. Uh, there's humanity. There are neighbors. Um, and a lot of people are just uh, one paycheck away from being um, street pe- people themselves. So a uh, little compassion out there. Uh, some people have a lot of it, but a lot of people, a lot of callers on this show uh, have no compassion for the homeless. So that's my comment. Thank All you. Right, thank you for the call. Ladies, go ahead. You know, I, I appreciate the comment, and I would say that there is uh, a lot of work being done locally on, you know, there's a Built for Zero group that is focusing on homeless uh, veterans and you know that we're always talking about exactly what the caller said that that family that's one paycheck or one crisis away from being homeless and the united way has a great program i'm not going to remember the name off the top of my head but it is uh something you can uh, you can apply for like if your car breaks down if you have a medical expense and it's really uh i don't know how that what the top amount is but just to get some of these families over over kind of financial hurdles to keep them in housing. You know, I I agree about the climate refugees. I have not heard very many people say that other than those of us on city council, but I think that that's real. I think it's happening. Um and, you know, I I probably our best our our best way to combat this is finding services to get people back into to have an address to be able to have a um, get a driver's license to be able to get into housing and all those things are what push them toward being able and addiction services to push them into being able to get in housing one, one of the most impactful programs we had on uh, in the last year or so was TSOS and uh, and mr. cook who was talking about um, the, the the various steps that they do to try to get people back into society it isn't just here we're going to give you a handout and, and and that sort of thing it, it is it is uh, a complete. Uh, we're going to try to help you get your driver's license back. We're going to try to get you yeah. get your ID back. We're going to get you some job training. We're going to help you uh, if you have drug problems. We're going to try to get those taken care of so that you can step out of that TS a little tiny TSOS one hundred by one hundred you know hundred foot square foot deal into a, a real apartment with a real job and and a real future and th- and they're making great progress in that. That is a fabulous program too, and that's right. You need to get your basic needs met, right? You need to have laundry. You need to have a safe space that you're not, you know, you're, the few things that you have that those are safe and that you're not worrying about some of those basic needs before you can move on to think, how do I, how am I going to get into a job? How am I going to get into housing? So I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I've heard in the past people say, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. And I, I don't, that, that doesn't really seem like a viable plan to me. Um, you know, I, I I think it's a I, when I think about myself, if I were homeless, you know, the things that you would be worried about. I mean, that the, if you think about yourself in that capacity, uh, it really kind of gives you some compassion and it gives you some thoughts about how you would struggle to move forward. And I want to go ahead and uh, give a correction. I had my numbers transposed. Uh, the, the the folks, I think it was uh, Ms. Williams, right, who was talking to me, said there were 597 uh, homeless or houseless. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, let's get Mary on the line. Mary, good morning. You're on Talkback with our guests. Hi, what's your question? 
I have four. <laughs> Quick. All right. Uh, Stockman's Bank was given a loan by the city, I understand, and I'd like to know if that is correct or not, and if so, how much, and also why. Second, on the property tax, the figure given on the uh, ballot actually talks about a one, the money, it, the property tax that would be on a $100,000 home. Uh, you try to find me a $100,000 home in Missoula today, so it's three or four times more that, so the figure given on the ballot does not reflect the true cost. Uh, thirdly, Missoula Housing Authority, as I understand, is tax-free, and yet they um, sell and buy properties, and uh, I can't see the connection for them being tax-free. Um, also, why does uh, Missoula City give money to the county? Uh, I don't I don't understand uh, the connection there if county residents do not pay city taxes. Um, also, why are there 12 uh, council members when we have six districts and six districts could be readily um, uh, handled, I believe, by six council members? So if, uh, if they could briefly uh, address those, uh, thank you very much, I'll and I'll listen off, offline. Barry, thanks for the he call, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, we, this, this requires more than just a few seconds, so we're going to take a, a, a one-minute break. We'll come right back, and, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, Gwen and Amber will be happy to answer those questions, and we also have Emmett waiting on the line. So we'll be right back after this one-minute timeout. Wounded Warrior Project helps post-9-11 veterans and their families realize what's possible. With support and resources that bring warriors together and empower them to become stronger, both inside and out. It's possible to begin healing. To get the help you need. To find peace. And as each warrior's needs evolve, so do we. Because these last 20 years are just the beginning. Learn more at WoundedWarriorProject.org slash possible. Okay, we're back on Talk Back and only about uh, eight minutes left in our time together. Uh, by the way, I just want to say uh, a shout out to Jim Hicks, who is the head of the Hope Rescue Mission, the organization we were talking about just a second ago. All right. So we had a whole bunch of questions, uh, ladies, from Mary. So go ahead. We're just going to like bounce back we're, and forth yeah. on them. Go ahead. So I'll go ahead. start with Stockman's tag, Bank. Tag team. Go That's ahead. right. Tag team. Uh, that is was in a uh, URD, an Urban Renewal Development District. So that got tax increment financing which means that money comes in to put in certain infrastructure to try and incentivize that development. Uh, the, the Stockman's Bank that went in on the south side, um, that property, I think, was a theater in my teenage years that I went to many times and then had been empty for like 20 years. And so it, it was to get incentivizing getting that property redeveloped so that it was paying back into the tax rolls significantly. And it's not a loan. It is uh, through tax increment financing that money is then paid off from the increased property tax that comes in so that's that's stockman's bank yep. and I, I i know jim and i hope that we get to him so i want to uh just add quickly that you know tiff we we use that money to incentivize building and then as i talked about with the merc you know that that property i don't know what the numbers on that property were but but paid 
the property tax was very low to begin with, and now it is very high. So that is the economic development. That is how you build uh, a tax base. Um, the $100,000 per value, the reason they do it that way, and, and that is actually some legal piece around bonding, but so you can extrapolate. If we said 350 or 500, it would be very hard to extrapolate what that would be for you. So we're hoping when you say, we say $100,000 of value per $100,000 of property value that they add five to that or whatever so they know it. I'm going to go back to Gwen. Okay, so Missoula Housing Authority, that is a nonprofit that is um, financed by HUD, a federal agency. So that's why they do not pay property tax, is my understanding, as nonprofits, churches, they don't pay property tax. That's the way our system is set up in America. So I'm going to take the next question, and that go is ahead, ahead. we we don't give the county money. Actually, the the taxes come through the county. Um, but I'm, what I'm saying is that you have uh, a total value or a total amount of your property taxes, and there are taxing jurisdictions that are part of that. One is the county, one is the city, one is, are the schools. So it's not that we give them them money; they're just one of the taxing jurisdictions. Yeah, and then finally, why do we have 12 city councilors? That is because our city charter, which was voted on by the citizens of Missoula, dictates that we have 12 councilors, two per ward. But it it begs a bigger question that I'll let Amber talk about, which is the local government study, which is where our city charter originally came from about 30 years ago. And That's coming up again, isn't it? it, uh, it we can vote for that if we want it. It, it is, yeah. So that comes around. Um, legally, we have to do that every 10 years, and this is that year. So there will be um, the local government study, the option uh, to, to do that or not to it, to vote for it or not vote for it, will be on the ballot in June. Um, one of the things that is under the purview of city council, we have to vote to put it on the ballot. That's required. But we will look at how many commissioners we would like to have and how much money we would like to allocate toward it. And we're still looking at that. We're not there yet to figure that out. But um, we will go to vote on March 4th at our at our meeting. Um, and, you know, one of the things we need to have enough commissioners that we have enough uh, we, we have enough kind of voices and, you know, can't don't have a small number of people that are that are vocal and. You know, if we have three, for example, two people could outvote someone else. So I think it's important to have enough commissioners on that. Um, that being said, we also need to fund that so they're able to do the work that they need to do. And people have to want to have to sign up to be on that commission, right? And they, they have to run. They have to run, so, right? Yeah, so, like an election, right? Yeah, it's like an election. So however many we decide we think need to be on it, whatever amount of money we put toward it, that is what will be on the June ballot. And right after it's either voted up or down, if it's voted down, we say see in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. If it's uh, voted up, then they immediately start running and they will be on the November ballot. Well, we only have two minutes left in our time together, and we don't have time to take one more call from Emmett. So, uh, but anyway, I, I want to give each of you a minute or so just to wrap up. Uh, we've had a great conversation today. I want to say thank you to both of you. you. I know you're both busy, so we appreciate you being here today. We can start with you, Gwen. Go Thanks for having us, and um, I was honored to be in leadership for council. I enjoy council. It's a it's a lot of work, and being leadership is even more work. So I just. First of all, I want to say thank you to Amber for stepping up into this role. I was it was time for me to go in some different directions and have some have some fresh energy on it. So I really appreciate Amber stepping up and into this role. And I'm here yeah. to support her. 
All yeah. right. Amber, go ahead. Th- thanks. And um, I would say the same. I'm I'm thankful for, I'm, I'm really thankful Gwen is still on council. <laughs> I, I, I'm thankful that she has always been, you know, even the onboarding for me as president, she's been willing to do that and answers her phone and all those things. So really appreciate that piece of it. Um, you know, I, 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 I feel the weight of this this responsibility as council president. I feel I've always felt the weight of the responsibility of being on council and the decisions I make. And so I, I bring that that feeling of the serious. I, I have a very light personality, but I like I bring the the seriousness of of that to to bear on all my decisions. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful for my colleagues supporting this. All three of you. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. All right. It's always a pleasure. You You bet. And so, uh, Nick, what is coming up on Monday's fabulous radio programs? From 8 to 9, we're going to do open phones. And then from 9 to 10, we're going to talk with uh, Kiri Jorgensen. Uh, She's the publisher and senior editor at Chicken Scratch Books. We're going to talk about Chicken Scratch Books and the state of children's book publishing in the world. Wow. Okay. So I hope you will be, will be with us for that. And uh, uh, again, thanks to everybody. Please drive safe out there. And we'll see you Monday morning, bright and early at 6 o'clock, with our friend uh, Ace Sourwine on, uh, on Montana Morning. Until uh, then, have a great weekend. And uh, we will see you next week at, uh, 10, uh, at 8 o'clock for...